morning, Calvary. Uh, it's, it's always a great privilege to serve people, and it's always a great privilege to serve by sharing the word and, and by caring for people. But uh, here at Calvary especially, did I ever tell you that Calvary is my favorite church in the world? <laughs> I think I've said that a few, uh, well, a few hundred times. Uh, I love you guys, and I love what God has created here. And uh, it's, it's a privilege to, to serve in the place of Matt for, for a temporary period. Uh, I am not Matt, so please don't expect me to be Matt. I'm going to be very different. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Uh, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Uh, this morning, I wanted to talk a bit about being led by the Spirit. Led by the Holy Spirit. And you, you as, as kind of Pentecostal, charismatic... Uh, I'm not sure what percent of the church now would, would consider themselves Pentecostal or charismatic, but but in these circles, we we've heard a lot of talk about being led by the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Uh, and if I were to ask you, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Uh, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? I think we get a lot of different answers here. By now, and and so I'm not going to ask that out loud, and I don't want to start a debate. Uh, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? But but let me ask you this: How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? Do you want to be led by the Spirit? Do you want to live a life that is led by the Holy Spirit? I think we all want that, don't we? And so I, I want us to to look at this a little bit. To be led by the Spirit, to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and to respond to His voice. After all, what do you do when you hear? <laughs> you you respond. You obey, right? And 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 so and we want that, don't we? We want to be a people led by the Spirit. And I've often wondered, uh, you know, through most of my Christian life. Why people seem to talk to, or God seems to talk to other people more than he speaks to me. Other people seem to hear from the Spirit. I don't hear a thing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like that? And, well, uh, as I've wrestled with this through the years and and learned more. I've come to to a few conclusions about that, but we'll we'll talk about that as we go along. But we want to be listening, and we want to hear. Now, I I remember when I was, oh, maybe about 20-ish, I was living in Brandon. We used to have our youth conventions uh, in Brandon. This was PLC, and uh, they put us into pairs and sent us out to the streets to go street witnessing. I know we don't talk in those terms anymore, uh, but but they sent us out to meet people, to share the gospel with people, 
And, uh, and so I was put together with this girl I never knew before, don't know who she is. But, but you know, I remember talk, walking down the streets of Brandon, and, and uh, it's like, it's kind of empty. I see some people over there. I said, hey, why don't we go down this way? And she said, yeah, I, I felt something over here too. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> that, that's kind of different. <laughs> And it's, I'm not a Pentecostal. I, I, I know that sometimes God speaks to us and directs to us, but I just felt like it was going a little bit overboard. And we have those experiences. Now, I'm not condemning her. You know, we, we have all done things that other people look at and go, well, yeah, you're really different, right? Haven't we? We've all been there. And... And in fact, most of us can look back at certain things that whether I we used to do or that maybe we just did last week uh, that that we're looking back and going, ooh, yeah, that that sure was a cringeworthy moment. <laughs> I wish I could take that back. We, we do that sometimes, don't we? We're human and and we're not glorified yet. And, and so we're growing in this. And as we grow and as we learn to walk, it's okay if we, if we stumble once in a while or if we think differently than we used to. Uh, and, and you know what? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is all about love. Okay? The Holy Spirit is all about love. The passion of the Spirit is to Infuse the love of God into your heart to heal the wounds and the shame and the guilt to cast out all fear. And the passion of the Holy Spirit is to create love and fellowship between people in the church. If you were to read through the New Testament and, and examine all the passages, you know, like so many times it's talking about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the unity created by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has this passion to infuse God's love into us and to press the love of God through us, to extrude the love of God out of us and, and to create love and fellowship. So, uh, there is a place, and, and so different ways about thinking about being led by the Spirit. There is a place for being directed by the Holy Spirit in our steps, in the things that we do. And we see this in Acts chapter 16. Paul, uh, on his second missionary journey, uh, he, he was saying, okay, let's, let's go to Phrygia, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let us go. Okay, so let's go to Mysia and but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow us to go there. And then he gets this dream, this vision, man from Macedonia. Hey, come over here. So there are times when the Holy Spirit leads us in very specific ways. All right? and, and, and so we ask, how, how, do I, how do I get there? How does this happen? Uh, but there are other 
ways that the Spirit leads us. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. And when we talk about being led by the Spirit, it happens, as far as I know, in those, as those exact words twice. Once is in Romans eight fourteen, where it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you a son of God? Are you a son or daughter of God? If you're a Christian, you are expected to be led by the Spirit. You are called to be led by the Spirit. This is the normal Christian life. What does it mean? Well, let's go back to the previous verse. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And and. If you were to read all of Romans 8, you come to realize that he's talking about walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Don't live by the flesh. Don't do what is carnal and sinful, but follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do what pleases the spirit. And in that context, he says, all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And that's what we are. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And we are to be led. Uh, have you ever heard preaching on Romans 7? That which I want to do, I don't do. That which I, you know, and I do the thing that I don't want to do. And, and uh, have you ever heard this preached? And it's like, okay, even Paul struggled with sin. You ever hear that? I don't believe that this is talking about Paul's Christian experience. Uh, we can, okay, I don't want to get into the, the study. There, there are, you know, you can look at Philippians 3. You can look at other places uh, about Paul and come to realize this is not Paul's experience. But all I wanted to say is Romans 7 is not the experience we model ourselves after. What Romans 7 does for us, if we, if we read it that way, is Paul struggled with sin. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who sins that much. Phew. But does that sound like the Holy Spirit? It's okay if you keep failing and sinning. Don't worry about it. Paul did it too. Does that sound like the Holy Spirit? Not to me. Paul ends Romans 7 by saying, What wretched man I am? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he goes on. Now there's no condemnation. Uh, 8.2 For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. What is he talking about? He's saying that Romans 7, that was life in the flesh without the Holy Spirit in you. And you can't obey the law on your own. Flesh means on your own. Me without God. I'm just flesh. But God placed his spirit in me. Thanks be to God. He has set me free from the law of sin and death. And, and so if you read Romans 7, Romans 8, all right, Romans 7 is not the model for Christian life. All right. Romans 8 
is the model for Christian life. I will set my mind on the things of the Spirit. I will love the things of the Spirit. I will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be a child of God. And, and so, I uh, just want to set the, the record straight on this. God has set us free and given us His Spirit so we can walk in the Spirit. Uh, and notice the connection here between the Spirit and the mind. Those who, you know, verse 5, live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Yes, your mind is important. And we've t- heard a lot of talk uh, through at least a couple of generations about how important your mind is. But it's not all about the mind. The measure of your Christian walk is not simply how you think. That's an important part of it. But more important is what do you love? What do you want? What do you desire? The basic, most basic battle is for your heart. Little desires. How can you tell if someone is a, if you're a truly spiritual man or woman? Ask yourself regularly. What kind of things do I love? What kind of desires run through my heart most of the time? Is this making sense? The Holy Spirit is about desires. We'll see this in, in Galatians 5. Right? The desires of the Spirit against the desires of the flesh. But the best spiritual thermometer is... What kind of desires run through my heart most of the time? Uh, I want to look at Romans 12. And yeah, when we talk about desires, we go, yeah, I don't like that one very much. Because the fact is, most of the time, I have mixed desires. Most of the time, I want to do the wrong, as well as what is right. Uh, there is... Actually, no, I, I can talk about this now. It's, it's okay and it's normal sometimes to want to sin. Well, it's not normal. It's not normal. And, and you'll see that when we're glorified. That wasn't normal at all. But there are times when, when we're going to be tempted. Have you ever... Uh, well, for some of you, it's a matter of diet, right? You, you eat that first piece of brownie after supper. And you're going, I want another one. It's my wife's fault. She cut it too small. I, I want another one, right? 
And there's, there's a part of you that says, well, no, I really shouldn't. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, or maybe for some of us, it's, it's that third piece of brownie. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the problem, right? Two is normal. It's the third piece of... Pro- the- All right, so at one level, I'm going, yes, I want that third piece of brownie. But what stops you? What stops you? You say, but I also want to be healthy. I also want to eat healthy. I also don't want to gain that extra pound. I also want to not regret this tomorrow. Right? And, at, and so at that point, you choose to say no to that third piece of brownie because you want to do the healthy thing. And so you go to the fridge and you grab the spinach and you fill up on that, right? <laughs> no, you don't. Or you... <laughs> I won't take a survey. Uh, or, or you're in an exercise program and, oh yeah, I, I got to get out and I got to do my run. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Have you been there? I don't feel like going for my walk. I don't feel like doing my workout. But you do it. Why? Because I want to get in shape. I want to be healthy. And so you see this. The greater desire uh, for what is good overrides that this is what I feel like doing. And we live in a culture where the, the prevailing message is do what you feel like doing. That's freedom. That's what it means to be you. And it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Let's translate that message. Do what you feel like. Whatever your fallen, sinful flesh that hates Jesus wants you to do. That's the message. And as Christians... With the Spirit of God living in us, we say no. Because there's something else I want more. I want to please God. I want to please the Holy Spirit. I want to live the Jesus life. Can you say amen to that? Do you want to live the Christ life? This is how you win the battle. This is how you do it. You look and you tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit who desires what pleases God. So uh, let's, let's look at Romans 12. Uh, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. God has done all this for you. Now give yourself, beginning with your body. It matters what you do with your body, doesn't it? Uh, And then he goes on. Do not be conformed to this world. Remember, the world wants you to do whatever you feel like, right? To follow the flesh. Uh, But be transformed by the renewal of your mind that my testing 
by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. I just, I know there's a lot to say here, but I want to pick out one thing. By, actually two things. By testing, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this word translated acceptable, it means uh, sometimes it's translated pleasing. When you are transformed by the Spirit, when the Spirit of God lives in you and you tune in and you hear His voice and when your heart is changed, you look at God's will for you and you say, that's good. It is desirable. You begin to see God's will as desirable. Wouldn't that make life a whole lot easier? When God speaks and you say, oh yeah, I want it. I see how desirable, how pleasing that is. When every time God says something and you say, no, 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 Lord, no, no. You know what's going on? It's, it's because I'm so carnal that I don't like God's will and I don't see value in it. But what happens when we train ourselves in this? By, by testing, by training, we, when we see God's will, we say, oh yeah, that's really good. That's better than what I thought I should do. You see how this works? You see how this works? By be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the good and acceptable and perfect and pleasing and desirable will of God. Don't you want to learn to love God's will? I want to learn to love God's will more and more. So how do we hear? How do we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit? How do we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit? And so I'll give you points here. Point number one, conviction. Conviction. When, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, you listen and respond. Simple, right? Or is it not so simple for us? When the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, and it may be times of setting aside time each day, examine your heart. Lord, have I sinned against you? Have I sinned against others? Show me, Lord, examine my heart, right? Do the Psalm 139 thing. And when he shows you, you confess your sin and you repent of your sin and you live differently. And when you need to confess your sin to someone else, you do it. Because the Holy Spirit is leading you to do that. And when you disobey the Holy Spirit on what is clear, it becomes harder to hear his voice. When you obey him on what is clear and often difficult, and you go to the person and say, yes, I've sinned against you. You know what happens? You start hearing better. 
you start hearing better. Okay? When we keep disobeying him, we, we shouldn't expect him to speak to us. Or, or we should expect to be clouded in our minds and uh, clouded in, in our hearing. Uh, conviction. Uh, listen and respond. And number two, practice what pleases the Spirit. Uh, Romans 12, 2, right? By testing, it's by testing you discern. What is this word? This is actually all one word that's translated by testing you may discern. And but this is actually, as I studied this, this is actually a pretty good translation. Put it to the test. And when you practice what pleases God, you come to enjoy it more. You come to see the value and the pleasure that there is in doing His will. Uh, some of you are into sports. You know what? If you, if you, if you practice basketball, you're shooting hoops. All right, what do you want to do when you practice? You try to get in the basket, right? And the more you practice getting it into the basket, the better you get at getting it into the basket. What if you were to practice hitting the corner of the backboard so that it always goes out? Do you know what happens when you practice that over and over and over again thousands of times? you get really good at missing the basket. So you practice, and, and it's the same thing. When you practice obedience, you get better at it. When you practice disobedience, when you practice sin, you get better at that. Right? And, you know, if you're a musician, same thing, right? You're practicing that Mozart piece on the piano, and... If you make a mistake, you know what you do? You don't keep playing that same thing over and over. If you practice the mistake, you get really good at it. <laughs> and that's all that comes out. No. You intentionally, you slow yourself down and you very intentionally put your muscles through the right motions so that you practice what is right. Take some intentionality. It might be hard at first until you get used to it. And then you develop muscle memory. And you develop the right kind of muscle memory so that what is good and right comes easily to you. Same thing. You learn to, you learn to uh, do God's will by practicing obedience. And you respond. You respond to the desires of the Spirit. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit? Do you know, I've said that the Holy Spirit is about love. He's about fellowship. You read, you read uh, Ephesians 5.18. And Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Okay, I want to be filled with the Spirit. But you read on. What's he talking about? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual psalms. How do you relate to each other? How do you speak to each other in the body of Christ? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you read on. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. However you want to interpret that. Uh, your marriage matters. 
when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it transforms the way you relate to one another in marriage. Parents, children, when you're filled with the Spirit, it changes the way you relate to your children, to your parents. When you're filled with the Spirit, it transforms your, your parenting. You want to... Do you want to know how spirit-filled you are? <laughs> Look at your marriage. Look at your parenting. Look at your relationships. Look at uh, what happens when you're face-to-face with others in the body of Christ. Number three, scripture. I will try to go over these and finish up. I'm not sure how long I've been up here. But number three, scripture. Scripture. Daily spend time in scripture. Why? Because this, this is a record of what the Holy Spirit has spoken. And the Spirit speaks through scripture. And when we give ourselves to reading and obeying, reading and listening for the voice of the Spirit, Jesus, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word today. And we practice listening for his voice And then putting it to practice, obeying the Spirit. When we become accustomed uh, to hearing His voice. Uh, I need to move on. Uh, Community. Community. How do we hear His voice? God speaks through others. When you're faced with a major decision... Bring it to the people that God has brought around you, the closest people in your life. Pray together. When you face a major decision, uh, bring it to the mentors and the leaders that God has placed in your life, people uh, who, whom you look up to, people who, whom you respect, people who love you, and submit it there. Ask them. To pray with you and to speak into you because they will have wisdom to give. And number five, and lastly, listening in silence and solitude. You can't hear uh, when there's conversations flying around at the table. Find time alone and listen. And and yeah, you pray, but then you you stop and you listen. Jesus in Luke six twelve thirteen, he he prayed all night. He stayed up and prayed all night, and then what did he do? He chose twelve disciples to be with him. He had a major decision: which twelve will I choose? To follow me closely and observe my ministry. And before he did that, he, he spent all night praying, hearing from the Lord. We need to do that. I need to end. Many of you here or some of you here uh, you were here when I was offered a job in England 
I had done my PhD. I was offered my uh, a teaching post. It was everything I wanted. Uh, it was my dream job. And and Carolina had a hard time with the idea of going to England. Uh, Josh had a really hard time with with the idea of moving to England. We we were caught in this decision and pulling in different directions. This strong, powerful desires pulling in opposite directions. How do we do this? We needed to hear from God. And we needed to come away with a decision that we could agree on because it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to stay united in this. Uh, I'm not going to tear my family apart for a job. And so we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And... And after an agonizing uh, few days, uh, it became very clear that God was telling us to give up on this job, turn it down, and stay in Steinbeck. And for several months afterwards, you know, Carolina would, something would, would come up and Carolina would say, if only you could have taken that job in England. If, and, and I say, no. That wasn't God's will for us. God spoke clearly, and we obeyed as we should. And that's the end of the story. No regrets. And honestly, I did not have regrets. And as I look back now, three and a half years later, it, it becomes more and more clear that was right. As it was absolutely heartbreaking. It really was. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life. But we have no regrets. I'm so glad I turned down that job and I can see God's wisdom in it now. But make a habit. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want to be led by the Spirit? Make a habit of saying no to the flesh and saying yes to the Spirit. I didn't have time to look at Galatians 5. Maybe that's for another day. But make a habit of saying no to your flesh. I sin, but I don't I want to hide this. No, no. I confess this. But this person did that, and that person did that, and I won't hold on to my bitterness. No. I'm led by the Spirit. I forgive. Okay? That's where it happens. All right, let's, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together in your word this morning. Thank you that this is your holy word, inspired by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that uh, whatever is said here that, that uh, doesn't belong, uh, Lord, you just let it fall away. But Lord, we pray that uh, you would come and fill this congregation with your love and with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us grace to walk in obedience.
And so to become accustomed to hearing and following your voice. Jesus, we want your will, not our own. We want your kingdom to come, not our own. So have your way in our lives. And will you train us to hear you well and to respond for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, church. Thank you, Elmer. The Father has set his hope in us, given us his spirit to lead and to guide us.